Episode 34 of Hometown Threads on WILI. Actually, I had to look up, used to looking over here. We're in a different studio uh, this time around, uh, doing Hometown Threads on 14 WILI and 95.3 FM. It's Keith C. Rice. Uh, of course, we're on Willimantic Today Facebook. Hometown Threads comes your way every Tuesday on WILI from 5.05 to 5.30. And then uh, we share the show. Uh, from my personal Keith C. Rice Facebook page onto Willimantic Today, and they pin it atop their page, and it runs Wednesday and throughout the week. Um, hometown Threads, of course, brought to you by Liberty Bank, Be Community Kind, and with three great local locations, uh, Gateway Commons, West Main Street, Willimantic, across the street from the radio station, 679 Main Street, Willimantic, and Route 195 in Mansfield, Liberty Bank, Be Community Kind. If we were in our uh, main studio, this time I would actually hand the uh, Liberty Bank mug to J. Matt Rupar and say, uh, say hello to the fine folks. So, J. Matt Rupar, without handing you the mug, say hello to everyone. Hello. <laughs> Big thanks to our producer, <laughs> J. Matt Rupar, and of course, the fine folks at Willimantic Today on Facebook. And here we go with episode 34. It's a pleasure to bring in a friend of mine who uh, we actually were at a dinner. It was a couple years ago, I think a couple summers ago through a mutual friend. And uh, Jim Esposito is with us, former WILI uh, newsman, right? Yes. I, everything I've ever done is former. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, Jim it. and I were at a dinner party a couple of years ago, and uh, we were outside. Once I found out you worked for WILI in the 70s, uh, we just didn't talk about that. We talked about everything. Meanwhile, the party goes indoors. Jim and I are still outside. It's dark. It's like they're probably wondering, are Keith and Jim going to come inside? We, story after story from this guy. But it's a pleasure to bring in here. Uh, you're now an, let me get this right, adjunct professor. Did I say the word right? Yes, you did. At QVCC well. and ECSU. That's correct. A lot but, of letters. But uh, you also spent 20, 28 years in the radio industry. That's correct. How many years total at WILI? Oh, I think only about two. Only about only about two. I kept thinking it was more than that. Okay. No, 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 no. Well, I is uh, he close four, enough to the mic? Okay, four or five in Willimantic okay. between WILI and uh, WXLS. That's right. He was on ninety-eight three before ninety-eight three was I ninety-eight point three. They were WNLU and WXLS. So we'll get into all that. But as we like to do at the top of every episode here of Hometown Threads. Uh, I'd like to uh, really uh, go way back. Tell us about how uh, you know Jim Esposito has been in this community with his lovely wife Sue, who's you may see her on the shopping carts at Big Y, big time, yeah. big time real estate agent. Oh yeah, I'm Sue's husband. <laughs> That's my name. It's yeah. no longer Jim. <laughs> Sue's it's Sue's husband. So. Oh yeah, big time uh, all star real estate agent. Um, but you're from you're not from this area originally, the Naugatuck Valley, right? Naugatuck Valley, the beautiful. It is Naugatuck Valley. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I grew up in Beacon Falls. That is uh, directly below Waterbury uh, and through Naugatuck and then Beacon Falls. And I uh, went to school there, grammar school, high school. And uh, the day after, I wasn't there much longer after high school. The day after high school, I was down in the basement with my friends. My dad came down and said, hey, I need you to do this. And I said, keep your shirt on. I'll be ready in a little bit. You said those exact words? I said those words to my father. <laughs> Big mistake. Yeah. A man is Italian, Esposito. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he grabbed me by the shirt, slapped me a couple of times, and dragged me upstairs in front of my friends. In front of your friends? In front of my friends. Okay. So the next morning I got up about 5 o'clock, took the money that I had, and, which wasn't much, 
went up to Waterbury, hitchhiked to Waterbury, back when hitchhiking was a regular thing, yeah. right? And I got on the first bus uh, that was leaving, and it was going to Washington, D.C. So I uh, wound up in Washington, D.C., never been away from home on my own before, and I sat in the uh, train station for about an hour, trying to figure out what I was going to do. Were I was you thinking, kind of nervous? You had to be very nervous. Oh, I, I, I was thinking about going back home. 18 years old. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a kid today, you know, right. 18, but I was, I was naive as all get out. Anyway, uh, I had an uncle who uh, is or was a cab driver in New York. He said, if you ever get lost, hail a cab. So I went out of the train station. Of course, there's a whole row of cabs. So I said, well, I'm in, I'm in good shape here. So I got in a cab. I said, never been in uh, Washington, D.C. before. Don't know anything about it. I need a place to stay, someone, someplace inexpensive. He brought me to a uh, rooming house called Hartnett Hall on 21st and P Street, 21 bucks a week, 10 meals a week, and that's where I stayed. So the first three or four days, I didn't know what to do. I'm wandering around Washington, just looking at the sights, and uh, finally I see a sign. Uh, career Academy of Famous Broadcasters. And I know that most people, because they're not 76 years old like I am, uh, won't know these names, but John Cameron Swayze, first NBC news anchor, uh, TV news anchor, um, John St. John, who was the preeminent reporter during the Second World War for all three networks, and um, Fran Allison, who had a little ch a children's show called Kukla, Fran, and Ollie okay. on NBC. And uh, they owned the station, they owned the, um, the school. And so I said, that's what I want to do. I want to be in radio. So I went to the school. It was six months. I graduated, third class FCC license. Okay, yeah. And went home. Back then, they really checked your licenses, too, the FCC oh, yeah, yeah, license, yeah. yeah. And I started to work for WOWW in Naugatuck, Connecticut, daytime station, uh, which, of course, signed off at sunset. Well, fortunately for me, it was June. And they needed someone to fill after the afternoon drive from 6 to when the station went off the air. How old were you now? Were you 20 at this point? Or? Oh, no. It was, I was... Um, um, 18 and a half, let's say. Oh, that's, okay, wow. Right. All right. So, or close to 19 anyway. So I, I, I get this job. It's for Saturday and Sunday only. Six to sign off. First night I go on, I'm telling jokes on a beautiful music station. <laughs> Come on. I, oh, yeah. I'm telling, oh, God. It was, it was awful. And then... I was. I had to do the news. You had to rip and read and do the do a five minute newscast, and of course I have dyslexia, which made it a little bit more di uh, difficult. But I did it, and I couldn't find the news sounder. Uh oh. You know, so the 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 eight track cart with, uh, it's six o'clock time for news on W O W W. I couldn't find it. You know, and then it had the did it did it did it did it did it, and it would fade off. Wow, you're working on wow, right? Wow. Exactly. <laughs> we could do a skit here, you know. 
uh, anyway, your jokes were better. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we uh, so uh, I did the news and then at the seven o'clock hour, I was looking around for the cart. And sure enough, it was behind the equipment rack. And now, so, let me jump in for a second. Carts. You can help me with this, too. Carts back in the day, for those of you who uh, may be uh, wondering what a cart was in radio, it's actually how we played a commercial. We'd take the, you know, it was like a rectangular cartridge, and we'd stick it in the machine. I don't know, J. Matt Rupar, remember carts? No. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. before, now everything's digital, but that's how we would play, you know, we'd have cart It was machines, analog, you know, yeah. yeah. Analog, and, right. and inside that, that box was a piece of tape. And so it recorded on that tape. Yes, thank you, Jim. That's and right. then it would it would play, and then it would keep going until it hit the elect the electronic spot, and it would stop and be queued up for the next person who put it. We in. used to have a car cleaner right over here, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you could bulk it. <laughs> so anyway, I'd throw this card in, you know, time for news on W O W W. And I start the news, and the phones are flashing. We never got a call, but the phones are flashing. Oh my and I'm God. saying, who could be calling me now? They must know I'm alone here. And, and so I'm, I do five minutes of news. I do a minute of sports. I do the weather. Rip and I, read just off the wire? Oh, yeah. The, the yellow paper. I mean, you don't read. Sure. It's right there. So I do it, and I finish, and I, I have my finger on the record. I hit the switch. I'm doing a flying cue, right? I lift my finger. Boom. We're going to music. I pick up the phone, and he said, this is the owner. You've been off the air for seven minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason Descartes was behind the equipment, because it had a high-frequency bump on it that hit the it, it, back in those days if the frequency went crazy and went up and was going to interfere with another station it shut the station down know what i thought you were going to say when uh, the phones were ringing cuz i thought you were going to say hey your mic the, your microphone's still on cuz you're talking to the owner you know whatever right right but uh, wow so okay so that was your first it was wow yes uh, yes wow wow yeah wow. <laughs> red carpet the... radio for nogatak so, i made years? 3 dollars that first night does that station still exist, by the way? I have no idea. You have no. You should know that, really. Well, I don't. All right. You know. I'll have to look it up after. So, okay. how many years were you at Wow? And when? Uh, no, we don't count in years. We no. count in weeks. 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 Okay. How many yeah. weeks were you at Wow? I was at probably about ten weeks. The guy who was on before me said, "I'm going to to Florida to get my first class FCC license. You want to come?" I said, "Sure." Really? Both of you guys worked at WOW, and he said, now you're jumping in a car going to Florida with this guy to yeah. get your license? Yeah. Okay. FCC license. And the reason you need, you wanted and needed a first-class FCC license back then was if you were on the air, if the station was on the air, there had to be a first-class FCC engineer in the building They're very 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They were very strict on this back in the right. day. Right. Yeah. So I figured, I, you can hear my voice, I sound more like Jerry Lewis than, you know, <laughs> than a radio announcer. Mm -hmm. And I figured with my voice and my limited ability, if I had a first-class FCC license, they could hire me and get two for one. Right. They wouldn't have to have a first-class guy on. Okay. So that's what I did. I went down. You get What, what part of Florida? Uh, Tampa. So you and this oh, guy. I'm sorry, Sarasota. Like you and this guy drive to Sarasota. Right. We go to this school, which was basically 
the I can say this because they're no longer. I'm not going to tell you the name of the school, but they're no longer in business. What they basically did was they sent engineers in to take first-class FCC exams every day, sometimes eight, ten people, and there were eight FCC exams that that you never knew which one you were going to get. They would take the exams, remember as many questions as they could, come back and write down the questions, and the school was basically, you memorize the answers to the questions, and then you go take the test. Thank goodness, I never had to go through any of that. Yeah. All right, so, so you guys I, did this. Then I, uh, the, uh, this was in the fall, and in, by December, we had graduated. Um, on the 24th, 23rd of December, uh, we took a swim, uh, down in uh, Miami, that's where we were taking the test, and we drove straight through to, to Connecticut Back for to Connecticut. Christmas. Okay. And I got home, and my father handed me an envelope, and I opened it, and it said, "Congratulations, your friends and neighbors have selected you to serve in the United States Army." How about this? He gets his FCC license, ready to do radio, and he's going. He's uh, going to the, get into the military. Going to Vietnam. To Vietnam. Wow. Okay. So now, take us somebody. Uh, take us through this a little. Uh, well, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. You know, I had a friend who graduated from high school with me. There was a group of five of us, and you know, you have a group of friends you hang out with in high school. And uh, one of the guys, um, uh, this is really his name. His name was Hearn Beaver. That's a great radio name. It was. <laughs> And maybe a reason why I got into it. But Beave, obviously, we, you know, it was the same as the, the, the Leave it to Beaver show. But Jim Esposito's with us, by the way. Episode 34 of Hometown Threads on 14 WILI yeah. and 95.3 FM Willimantic Today Facebook. Brought to you by Liberty Bank. Be community kind. But go ahead. Okay, so now Vietnam. Vietnam. So uh, he went off right after high school. He joined the Marines went right to Vietnam. He lasted two weeks, and there wasn't enough to, of him to send home. Hearn Beaver. Hearn Beaver. Stepped on a mine. Oh, my God. And there is a bridge in Beacon Falls named after him, but, uh, you know, who wants that kind of honor? Wow. So I was really a little bit, just a touch afraid uh, yeah. <laughs> of going to Vietnam. And, of course, there were, you know, several hundred thousand guys over there, and basically... The idea was send enough people over there, maybe we'll win the war. But uh, that, of course, never happened. Anyway, so instead of going into the Army, I went into the Air Force. Okay. And uh, they told me I was going to be on Armed Forces Radio. And after 13 weeks of boot camp, I got out, and they said, you're going to be an electrician up uh, 70 miles north up in Austin at Bergstrom Air Force Base. I said, whoa, wait a minute. What about Armed Forces Radio? I said, well, what about Armed Forces Radio? You know, I have a, I have a first-class FCC license, you know, electronics. And the, my, uh, the, the uh, trainer there said, hey, electrical, electronic, it's the same damn thing. Anyway, son, you're going to go where the Air Force wants you to go. So you salute and walk away. Wow. So two years in uh, Texas... Uh, with a combat support group. We were the guys that parachuted in. And then um, uh, our, our organization, our uh, company got orders for Com Cambodia. Two guys didn't go, me and one other guy. He went to Germany, I went to Italy. And okay. I spent the last two years in Italy. Okay, so now after the Air Force, 
It's radio, right? It's uh, WHUS because I went to we come back, so you come college. Back to oh, you went to college at UConn. At UConn, and I, that's when I moved to this area in 1971. Actually, 1972. So wait a minute. All right, 72, HUS, UConn. Did you uh, rub elbows with the big guy, Wayno? Wayno was probably still... Well, Wayno was just coming here, actually. He was at HUS in 70, correct? Yeah, but I worked for WHUS... There was really, back then... Oh, we back, start here in 70. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back then, uh, UConn sports aren't what, weren't what they are today. Oh, yeah. I course, mean, nobody yeah. watched them. Nobody went to the game. Not many people. I did play-by-play for WHUS. That was the only radio station that for, broadcasted the game. Right. For what sport? For you name it. Okay, so you were, I, didn't, I never knew you were doing play-by-play for HUS. Oh, man, I was, for, you know, come on. Wow. I was terrible, but, uh, you know, <laughs> like, I was... You're, you're there to learn anyway. I mean, uh, that's right, that's but, right. So you're doing that in the early 70s. Okay, so yeah. uh, you're at HUS. Um, that's how Dave Evan and Wayno connected and came here. But So what happens at 72 at HUS? You, uh, well, I graduated from, from that's when I went there, started there. I had a year under my belt. So in 75, I graduated. Okay. Graduated from UConn in 75. Now you're really ready to do radio, right? That's right. What happens, what happens there? I was that? ready to go to uh, Western New York. I had a morning spot, morning job. And Fresh out of college, you had a morning office. I had a morning. Well, come on, it was a. I think. I think probably, if you put two light bulbs together, you had more power coming out of those than you did out of the antenna. It was a little local, <laughs> you know, station. Right. You know, and pops yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I would, I was going to do mornings, and then I was going to sell in the afternoon, because the. Oh, wow. uh, about that, that. double yeah. duty. But just as I was about to accept, I heard, "Hey, they're opening a new." FM radio station in Willimantic. Just before you accepted the Western New York offer, okay. Right. That's 1975. Oh, Willimantic, right down the street from stores, so yep. you look into this, and this yep. is uh, WXLS, correct? Right. Okay, which is, uh, as you said before, 98.3, which is now I-98.3, which they signed on in 85. So uh, WXLS makes you an offer. Uh, right, and I was going to do overnights. And back then, it was a beautiful music station. Okay. And I was going to do overnights and then sell during the day. Another double deal. That was a big deal back then. You were on the air and selling, huh? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it it had to be on 24 hours. They really didn't care what happened after midnight. Right. You know, just keep the station on the air. Who was the program director? Do you remember that? Uh, Bob Scott. Okay, Bob Scott. Yeah. He was also program director at WKND in Hartford. Not WKRP, WKND. WKND. All right. Right. Um, okay, so you, you you accept that position, right? Right. Okay. And and then the general manager, a guy named Pete O'Coin. Um, really? That's the name, Pete, Pete O'Coin? Pete O'Coin. Okay. Yeah. He, at the time, came from um, the Putnam Station, which at the time... Winnie? Winnie, okay. which your family owned yep. at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came down, he quit that job and came down to be general manager here in, in Willimantic of the FM radio station. Of XLS. XLS. Okay, so how many years, t- take us through a little of the XLS days, your, your experience there. <laughs> uh, well, we st- I started there, 
in June. And where are they located again? Was it West Main Street? West Main yeah. Street across from McDonald's. Yes. Okay. I vaguely remember. I was really young, but I vaguely remember. Right. In, a, in the old house there. Yep. The, the old house. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, and uh, we, uh, I worked for them before they were on the air, about two months. And we had a bunch of advertisers ready to go. And we turned the station on. <laughs> and the second harmonic came right up in the middle of the NBC affiliates color uh, scheme, whatever they called it, the color area. And so all of the people below Hosmer Mountain had no TV. We wrecked Goodness. every state. It was static. It was, uh, I mean, it was awful. Oh my God. We had people sticking guns through our transmitter thing and shooting them off. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. And we had people riding by the station, beeping the horn, throwing us, you know, uh, visual, uh, visual reminders. It's a good, of way to get atten- good way to get attention for the station. Maybe we should start doing that. I don't know. Okay. No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> no. You don't want negative press, but anyway. Yeah. So, so, so uh, it was it was touch and go for a few months. We actually turned. I think I told you this last time we talked. Um, we turned the station off at eight o'clock one night when they had a uh, the Red Sox were playing in the World Series, and they were coming over the NBC affiliate from Rhode Island. So this is '86, probably right? Yeah. I. I Probably no, 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 no. Couldn't be that. No, it because oh no, no. Eighty-five, eighty-five was I ninety eight already. Right. Uh, so it's uh, seventy-five, seventy-five. Yeah. Okay. So they're in the the, the playoffs or whatever, and um, we were getting death threats. I mean, so we wow. turned the station off the air so that people could see TV to watch <laughs> the Red insane. Sox game. Imagine that. And then we turned it back on. We tried giving people filters. We tried everything. And the filters helped a little bit. And then the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was the day that the priest from St. Joseph's walked in. And it turns out that he was doing a funeral mass. And our station came over the speakers in the church. you got to be kidding me. No, no. So dearly departed. Run on by, you know. So it's it. Wow, you know, this it, is insane. Yeah. So he came in loaded for beer, <laughs> and uh, we he was going to lead the boycott WXLS. Now, no. how many months removed was the the Red Sox thing to the to the uh, St. Joseph's Church thing? Was it? Uh, We're talking days. Okay, D- days. you guys couldn't catch a break. No, we couldn't. Oh, and then then after the after they shot up our. Our gener- our uh, transmitter. You must have had zero listeners after all this. Well, well, I don't know what we had. We kept on playing music. Wow. And uh, then the FBI came in. The FBI. The FBI this just because gets better it's, and better. A, it's a federally licensed facility. You can't shoot up a federally licensed facility. Holy smokes! And uh, what happened was, cable started to come in. Yeah. And so, as long as you weren't doing over the air, when you, once cable came in, everything was done. Everything was good. Wow. Okay, so this is your Willimantic radio experience. So far, yeah. Um, we only have a few minutes left. We, okay. could, we could go on and on and on here. You went on to, after Willimantic, you went on to do some time in Hartford, right? I worked for uh, DRC for okay. five years, TIC for a couple. Um, and about eight years for Merv Griffin at WPOP in 104. 
And, and then we then I built them a news network, um, Connecticut State Network, and we uh, we um, syndicated Judy Jarvis out of Hartford. Um, uh, initially on the Star Network, and then eventually she went on to ABC. Okay, so you went on to bigger and better things after Willimantic, and uh, and worked for the Merv Griffin stuff like that. And how many years were you in Hartford total? Oh, uh, about fifteen years. Okay, then after Hartford was the Otis uh, Otis Elevator, correct? Uh, experience. You went you were at a radio for a while. You did that for like ten years. Yep. And then it was into teaching, correct? And it was into teaching. Uh, 2003, I started at Quinnebog Valley Community College. Before we wrap things up, and Jim Esposito has been our guest, adjunct professor at uh, QVCC and ECSU, um, I usually ask my guests any closing thoughts on, like, maybe t- briefly, in a nutshell, what, how are you molding young minds today? Well, you're teaching business. You, you were teaching. He was. We should mention that. He was teaching radio at one point. Right. But you're, now you're teaching business. So correct. So you're not even going near radio. But what were you... Uh, kind of touching on as far as radio and briefly before we wrap things up uh well i i have i um i do teach communication as well oh that's right business communication and that sort of thing and 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 my fear is that the consolidation of sources of news is something we need to you know i don't want to get on a soapbox here but we need to realize what's going on there are far fewer sources of news than ever before yeah when I, had, uh, when I ran WPOP, we had six or seven reporters just at that one station. I'd be surprised if they have two reporters in all of radio. It's unbelievable. Right now. The Hartford Current, look at that. They sold that huge building. They now have a couple of offices somewhere. They don't print their own paper. Same thing happened with the Chronicle. I mean, how many reporters did the Chronicle have at the peak of their... Uh, their existence? We talked about it earlier. Where do people get their news? Oh, yeah. Well, and WILI, don't get me wrong. WILI, we still deliver the local news. I want to make that clear. But, you know, people usually, things are coming up on their phones left and right. Right. But, yeah, as far as local information, you know, John Tewitt and Wayno, and we all try and deliver the best local information as possible. We've got to keep that. uh, Well, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. And that's that's the, the, the real strength. Of, of this radio station. Well, we got to wrap things up. I wish we had more time. This okay. man has so many awesome stories. In fact, uh, we, we never go. <laughs> my wife was like, we got to go home. We were at that dinner party for so long. But I want to thank Jim Esposito for being here. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank Episode you. Episode 34 of uh, Hometown Threads brought to you by Liberty Bank, Be Community Kind. J. Matt Rupar, thank you. Thanks to the folks at Willimantic today. And that'll, that'll do it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And in the words of the great Roddy McCumber. Bye for now, folks. Bye for now.